אוקיי, שלום וברכה, שבוע טוב, חודש טוב. We're in a good time now. תמוס, זכרו תורת משה, בעזרת השם. And פרשת קורח, there's so much to go into. It, almost the whole parsha is connected to this lesson. We were in lesson Torah 24. And uh, one of the main themes of lesson 24 is the Ketoret. And by Korach, the whole thing was Ketoret. What's going on? What in the world is going on? First of all, the Midrash says that Ketoret stands for four words. Kedusha, Tahara, Ratzon, Tikva. It's a Midrash. Not a Hasidish word. It's the Midrash. Midrash. Tanchuma, and also Midrash Rabbah, Kedusha, Tahara, Ratzon, Tikva, Hope. Okay? This was used to measure if Korach was Amiti. But what's going on? What's, what's going on? In this lesson, Torah 24, Rabbeinu says that the Ketoret has the power like Simcha. Simcha Mitzvah, which means to lift out the Kedusha trapped in the Klipot. When you're trapped, when you're stuck, the way to get out is simcha. Okay, now he says of Nosen, he adds a dimension, he's saying Torah B'Kavana is a segula to getting simcha, when you can't be with simcha, when you're stuck, your mama's stuck, so the Torah can help lift you up, to, to boost you. We're going to a little about the, the 11, uh, 11 fragrances, the number 11 today, but the Torah is something that brings a person to genuine simcha, and the genuine simcha is what lifts you out of the klipot. This was Korach's problem. Korach's problem was what? And it's so obvious. He was not Sameach Bechelko. Can you press live here? Sorry. Oh. What? It says live, right? It says, uh, is it set up? It's doing two more. Yeah, okay. All right. The whole idea of, of Korach, he wasn't happy. Even Moshe Rabbeinu said, it's a pasuk. Is it not enough that Hashem chose you guys to be the Levi'im, to carry the Aaron, you carry the you have the Mizbeach, you carry the Menorah. You know, every Jew would say, thank you, thank you for the schut. And Moshe Ben was telling him, why are you guys not happy? On the Pshat, it's so obvious. Why, Korach, are you not happy? And it's a big question. It's a good question. He's filthy rich. Right, he, he, he brought out 10 donkeys carrying just the keys to the Otsarot, the treasuries that he took out of Egypt. You're filthy rich. He's a Talmud Chacham. He's not a joke. He's a Talmud Chacham, okay? He takes it from 250 Rashi Sanhedrin, okay? And they all fall in this stupidity, tip shoot, mama stupidity, that they're all, only one's going to come out alive. It's stupidity, but if it's a ratio of one to 250, and it's not a fair ratio. It's no like battle bureau of battle bishishim, and you have a chance. You know, you don't have a, one out of 250. Rashi, Rashi brings out the whole Midrash Tanhuma. You know, one is gonna Moshe tells them, one is gonna come out, you're all are gonna be gone. What in the what's going on? And, 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 and Rashi says, Rashi himself is quoting the, the Rashi's wording is exact word for word from the Midrash Tanhuma. I mean, he skips the little things. But when Rashi says something in the parsha, it's it's mama from the midrash tanfuma. Okay, he says The midrash says that they were they, they were stupid. But how? You know, it's so obvious. We're, we're we're not little kids here. We're not little children here. You know, you're an adult korach. You're you're a wealthy macher. You're a big shot. 
where do you find such stupid, low life jealousy and envy? It's 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 not shaykh to you. It's not shaykh the two hundred and fifty Rashi Sanhedrin to fall to such a jealousy to start machloket on stupidity. Okay, Aaron. Okay, so what? You know. It says that I heard a nice chiddush on Shabbos. Ezu Ashir perkevot hasameach bechelko. It doesn't say hasameach beoshro. Who's wealthy? Someone who's healthy with his portion. It doesn't say who's healthy with his wealth. You would think ezu Ashir hasameach beoshro. I'm happy with my wealth. No, it says chelko because the word chelik means two things. A few things. It means number one, your lot, your portion that Hashem gave you in this world. Your whole life is your your chelik. What you have in this world is your chelik. But the word chalik also means even a little bit, chalik. Whatever Hashem said, you know, whatever is out there, and I only have a chalik of it, I'm still happy. What's going on with Korach? You have everything, and you're not happy. I mean, that's, that's why he was killed. That's why he died. That's why he was he was thrown to again, I'm alive, and the 250 sources and were burnt, and then Adat Korach, Datan, Aviram, everyone is kafu one day, they're going... You know, it, it, but but where does it come from? Why is a person not happy? That, that's, the, that's the thing. Sorry, he was not happy. But why was he not happy? Why was he not happy? His wife. The Midrash says his wife. When the living were shaven, clean shaven, the payas, the eyebrows, you know, the eyelashes, everything with the beard, the payas, he came home totally shaven. And his wife started to give it to him. You know, look, Moshe is making a fool out of you. You're a big macher. You're a big wealthy guy. You're you're one of the head of the Leviim. And he's making fun of you. And he took to heart. Rav Nosen goes into this thing. How, when a man doesn't know how to successfully take the bounce back from the wife, it brings him down and brings her down also. He says, Rav Nosen, in the Kutar Achot, Eshet Chayin, Ateret Ba'ala. A woman of valor, it says twice, Eshet Chayel in Mishlein. One is Eshet Chayel means Friday night, what we say. And there's another Eshet Chayel Ateret Bala. The wife of valor, of a Chayel, a Chayel, a soldier. What is what is the wife of a Chayel, a Chayel? Chayel is going on her, it's also going on the man. In other words, a wife of a soldier or a wife of valor. It can be interpreted in many ways. She's Ateret Bala. What does it mean, Ateret Bala? Rabbi Nassim explains, Ateret, Atara is the crown. She has access to something which is above the man. She is technically under him. She's a recipient. But the light of the woman, Rav Nosen, proves from this pasuk, and also from the Hasidut and the Kabbalah, she's rooted in the Keter. Which means what? That her job is to push the man backwards. Because the Rabbeinu says, coming, we didn't go into this at all, but coming up in paragraph 7, paragraph 8, Rav Nosen, Rabbeinu goes into the idea of the Keter, the sphere of Keter, its job is to pre prevent people from going too fast. When you're now on a, on a momentum, you're on a, you're on a roll. Hashem is good to you. Things are opening up. Your da'at, your sechem, your yiddishkeit, your kedusha. Everything is going amazing, amazing, amazing. Business, whatever. In Gashmut and koshek and ruchniut. If now you keep on going ahead, you'll just disintegrate in the Ein Sof, the infinite light. Because you're now on your way to the infinite light. Too good in this world? Something which is too good, that's ready or Ein Sof. This world is tov meod. But the ultimate good, the Orient Sof, which is the total good, it's not part of this world. But now the tendency of a Jew, the wording of the Zohar, 
coming up, we'll see this. Redifa, the machshava, le mirdaf abatre, it's the tendency of the mind, the machshava, the moach, to run after light. Any light is from Ein Sof. We said, that, remember the nice chidush? The or is gematra exactly Ein Sof. Or is, that's 206, 207. Ein Sof is gematra 207. Any light in this world is basically the infinite light shining into this world, being filtered, okay? So now the or, but the or in Sof, is, its definition is infinite and you're finite, you're limited. Two opposites, you can't. You can't. You'll just if you run into the orient self, you just disappear. Hashem doesn't want that. Hashem wants, like we say, the Rabbeinu lesson eight, part two. He quotes from the Krovitz. I think it's from Rosh Hashanah or from Kippur. The Avita Tehila Migushe Afa Mikutse Chomer. Hashem wants to be praised from low lives, <laughs> from people from this world. Or Gashmi Migusham. Hashem wants the people from this world. He wants Dafka. To be, to be made known from this world, from all the setbacks and the chesronot of this world, this olam, which is not shalem, from this world, Hashem wants to be recognized. Avita tehina, okay? So, so a person will disappear if he runs right into Ein Sof. So there's a, a wall that bounces him back. It's called the Keter. The sphere of Keter is above the other spherot. With, with Keter, there's like 11 spherot. You know, with this, it, it, it interchanges. Sometimes it's called da'at, sometimes it's called keter. Okay, it's in and out. It's not a, it's un, untouchable. You can't really connect to it. It's above. What it does, the keter, it prepares someone who's about to reach the uh, high level in life. And the danger is if he goes too much, it'll be ribu or it'll be too much light, it'll be a harisa, it'll be a, a destructive mode. So the keter bounces him back. So he says, Ravnosan, the wife, she receives her light from that. She's the Keter. She, her job is to bounce you back. The thing is, how you take it. That's the thing, how you take it. Korach's case, his wife put him down and he took it to heart. He was supposed to bypass that test. He's supposed to show his emunan Moshe Rabbeinu, even in the face of what his wife is saying. He's supposed to hold on. This is Moshe Rabbeinu, no questions. It's emunah. I believe. No, no, no. You look at you, you're wealthier, you have more money than him, and this and that, what the Midrash says there, and the Gemara also. And she got him. And that caused him to have a lack of happiness. He failed the test. The test of Simcha is Dafka of the wife. That's the whole thing here. If you're able, after all the Bizyanot and all the negativity, to show up. Like she's shooting bullets, and it's like I have armor. Nothing touches me. You didn't even make a dent in my simcha, in my emunah. You tried to. That's your job. The wife. Your job is to bring me down. Okay, brought me down. Good. But I'm not dented because of it. I'll get right back up. I'm brought down. I need to be pushed down in order. He says, why, what happens when you're pushed back by the keter? What happens is that you build kelim now that in the setback, having the kelim, that allows you to perceive that which is beyond you, but in a format called in the Kabbalah, mate bela mate. You're touching and not touching. You're in and out. In this ball game of the Ein Sof, and which interprets in life anytime Hashem gives you a deep understanding of Yiddishkeit, of life, of emuna, you have a good perspective, okay? It's always in and out. It's not fixed. You touch and you're out. In and out, you tasted it, you experienced it, you know about it, but you're not there. But I know about it, 
as opposed to someone who doesn't know at all about it. I know at least something about it. I've experienced in life. The setbacks in life have built me to build Kaleen in order to experience this infinite light visitation. Okay? This was Korach's downfall. I was a home. That led that he wasn't Sameach Bechelko. He wasn't the, the thing of true Simcha. What's true Simcha? True Simcha is even a little bit. Rabbeinu says in Azamra, lesson 282, Nekuda, Od Nekuda, Od, Od, Od. That's, that's, that's Simcha in life. And Korach Simcha was all or nothing. It's our all or nothing. He's called Korach. Korach also means what? Bald, like no hair. What is the idea of a hair? A hair is a connection. There's also hair on the head, which is not considered kadosh. There's hair on the beard, on the, on the peyes. Those are like tzinorot, fine. But he was, when you say someone is kereach, you don't refer to, namely baldness is mainly on the head. The hair of the head in the Kabbalah is not considered to be so good. You should, if that's why the Jewish dress and way of haircut is short. We don't grow blurry and long hair and everything. It's short because it's kept at a minimum. But there's something. Why the, the hair on the head, in a sense, is like the maimachonim. Maimachonim, when you eat a meal, you have to give maim after the, the waters afterwards. It's like giving a doggy bone to the klipa, to the sitrachah, to the evil. And they would share. You take your little piece, you have to give to the evil something minimum, because if not, They'll, they'll go berserk. You have to give them minimal nourishment. You give them nourishment by minimal. So the idea of having hair is that it's not perfect. It's not 100%. There's some giving of Kedusha to somewhere else, to Tuma. And that's like the Maimachorni, that's like the hair. He was called Kereach. Kereach is like saying, no, there's nothing. It's all or nothing. It's 100% going to the Matara. He was filthy rich. He was a big Tamit al-Kham. That means... His attitude was has to be 100% full. And if it's not, then it's no value. He doesn't know a Korach mentality is someone who can't be happy with the little accomplishments, the little bit of good. We said, you remember Yoshua Binun, that the Midrash says about Yoshua Binun, why he was chosen. The Midrash says, when, you know, Moshe Binun had no idea that Yoshua Binun is going to be the one to replace him. He thought for sure one of his sons. Well, I'm sorry, one of the sons, one of the 70 elders, Hashem, Moshe asked Hashem, who's going to be, who's going to bring Am Yisrael into Israel? And Hashem told him, the one who set the benches in the Beit Midrash in the desert, the one who's Mesadeh the Safsalim, and he poured the, like, the, the, it's a joke, the Moroccan tea, you know, pouring the tea to all the Tamid HaChachamim and the learning and all that. <laughs> the guy was taking care of the, the he. He said, what? Yeshua Binun? Yes. Why? Then, the, then the, the, the Hashem quotes the Midrash, the Pasuk, uh, the Midrash says, Hashem quotes, the one who guards the fig tree, he will eat from the fruit. What's unique about a fig tree? Fig tree doesn't produce all the fruit in one shot. Fig tree is very delicate. That's why it's so problematic, prob problematic with worms. Because if it's even one day extra after being ripened on the tree, it starts having infestment with all types of worms and everything. The forbidden worms, okay? So you have to harvest it on the right day. So the problem is with the fig tree, it's like a full harvest. Every day, the owner of a kosher fig tree, not the non-kosher non ones, the kosher ones, he has to check every day which figs ripen and immediately take them, harvest them and take them off the tree and sell them. And to be consumed that same day. They have to be sold and eaten because it's very soft, delicious, <laughs> but there's no worms on that same day. So how does it work? The, 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 the fig tree owner, every day, 
He has to check the fig tree. Oh, here's one fig that's ripe. Here's another one. He has to collect them every day. And he continues until the season is over. Every day, he comes back to the tree, a little bit here, a little bit there. So too, Yoshua Benun is someone who's happy for a little bit here. The Midrash says this. The reason why Yoshua Benun became Yoshua Benun is because he was able to value every little bit of good. That's the thing. That's why he was also, like we said, Benun. He was the son of 50th gate. We spoke about this in Parashat Balotcha. He was able to face the balance of the Keter. The Keter is the Nun. The, the Keter, back, we said the Nun backwards by Ibn Sarun, is like when the Keter is pushing you back. The same thing. All these Parshiot after Balotcha until we get to Pinchas, it's all setbacks, if you notice. Every Parsha, there's another problem. Every This week's Parsha, the hitting of the rock, the death of Aaron, of Aaron the death of Miriam, Right, the not emotion not going to Eretz Israel. Every parsha, it's Hukat, Korach, what happened? Okay, Shlach. Every parsha, Balak, the death of uh, the Jews, the Jews who fell by the Midianites, the twenty-four thousand who fell with the Eitzah of Bilam. Every parsha until we get to Ben Mitzarim is just problems from the noon. That's on like a national level. Who's holding on? You should be. Do you think he was doing? Was he in Adad Korach? No. Was he with the Meraglim? For sure not. Do you think he fell with the Balak and, and Bilam and the 24,000? No, he didn't. He was he was an example of someone who's dedicated to follow Moshe Rabbeinu, even though if it's partial good. Because again, it's not 100% happiness. It's ha so it's happiness on even partial things. Okay, with this you understand why all of Korach's wealth was swallowed up also. You would think, so much money, you know, donated to the Mishkan, donated to something. What was donated, and the Torah makes an emphasis, the machtot of the chata'im, the 250 machtot that they brought the Torah on, those pans made of copper, Hashem commanded, Zrehala, take the fire off, Kikadesh, because they're now sanctified. If it wasn't that they're sanctified, they should also have been destroyed and swallowed up. But because they came and offered the Torah, the Torah did its job. We're going to go into the Torah a little. Okay, because, because it was used for a sanctified devotion, Hashem says, Kadeshu, and after you're going to use it now, make a tzipu ila mizbeach, so people remember wherever it comes to speak against the keuna, this is the punishment, okay? This is what happens. <coughs> so now, with all that said, going back to the Ketoret, the Nisayon, to clarify where the emet was and where the sheker was, was the Ketoret. Because the idea of the Ketoret is to, to, to bring out someone who has real simcha, but he's stuck. He wants to be happy. Kedusha, tahara, ratzon, tikva. Okay? That's kedusha v'tahara. Kedusha, kedusha means having bounty coming from down, up, down. Tahara is you work to, to purify yourself to be ready to receive. Ratzon is... Even if I'm not holding any Kedusha Vetara, at least I want it. I want to be in the ball game. I want. With that, you have the last letter, Tikva. Okay, we're going to go to the Ketor a little bit, Hashem. We have a lot to go into, Bezat Hashem. This was used to see who has true Simcha and who doesn't. Korach was such a Chacham, he was such an Uber Chacham, he was able all night to convince so many Jews to be on his side. He convinced 250 Rashi Sanhedrin. You know, psh, unbelievable. He convinced 250 Rashi Sanhedrin to follow his stupidity. 
That's how smart he was. How was he able to get to people by making them feel bad about themselves? Look, Moshe Rabbeinu took this, Aaron took this, so what? Okay, he took, so what? what? What does it bother you? No, it bothers us. But why does it bother you? He was able to go into their subconscious psychology and make them feel bad about themselves and this is the result. So now the torrent comes to clarify. If you have true simcha, it's just stuck under a lot of garbage, a lot of shmutz, a lot of you know obstacles. So the power of the ketoret, it's ratzon. Kedushata, ratzon, tikva. It's able to bring out the real dimension of your true simcha. Like Rabbi Nachman once said to somebody, someone said, I want to serve Hashem. So Rabbi Nachman said, Rabbi Nachman said, do you really want to want? <laughs> do you want to want? What, is the, what does that mean? That the ratzon is a devotion, number one. But the ratzon... Is this is that you say, I, should, I want to be a Jew, but I just can't. I'm overwhelmed by the oil and the nice cars and the American settling and the and the and the, the, the parusin and the whole that. I should, I want to be a Jew, but I just can't. So the question is, do you really want to want? <laughs> you're saying that, okay? You're saying that. Like, there's a lashon. I call chafetzim Everybody wants a Hashem, but now who really wants? Who really wants? Okay. So the ketoret brings out what you really want. If now a Jew really wants to be Samech Bechelko, so the Ketoret brings that out. This is why the Ketoret chose Aharon. Because Aharon, we went into this, remember, a class before, was, is the epitome of someone who's happy with his portion. Like it says, Moshe Rabbeinu told Hashem, at the Sneh, at the Sneh, he said, what are you sending me? My brother, he's older than me three years. I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be a prophet, you know, to take out Amisol, better, bigger than him, you know, and he's already a Navi, Aaron was already a prophet in Egypt, with the, with the tribe, in the tribe of Levi, he was already a, a, a Navi, and, and he said, he's not going to feel bad, Hashem said, no, he's going to see you when you come back, and he's going to be happy in his heart, and Rashi says, that's why he was on the heart, on the chest, on the heart area, because he shows, he's the epitome, Aaron, of someone who has true simcha. What's true simcha? That I'm not jealous. And even if chas shalom, I have jealousy, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't want to have this. Aaron, he showed that I, he wants true simcha. I'm happy what you gave me. Oh, my brother, he's older than, he's younger than me. I'm gonna, I, need, I should be the, the Navi to take out the Jews from Egypt. No, he was happy. He had true simcha. That's what the Ketoret chose him. Okay, the Ketorah did the job. He didn't die. Everyone else died because that's what the Ketorah does. The Ketorah does two things. If now you're really trapped and you really want to get out, it'll bring you out. And if you really don't want to get out, that's what that's what, that's what the Moshe Ben was telling the Jews. There's some Chaim in the Ketorah. There's also some of it. For who is it some of it? A, a portion of death. For someone who doesn't want to someone who gets carried away with the sidetracks of this world, and just wants that. He gets trapped in that. Now, again, why does a person get trapped in the sidetracks of this world? Because he has Yerush. He enforced the giving up. As opposed to someone who says, Hashem, I'm giving up. But I don't want to give up. I have no choice, Hashem. I don't want to give up. If Hashem, there's hope, send me. If not, I'm giving up. What do you want? Someone who gives a mecha'a, a retort, and cries about it. And it bothers him <laughs> that he is in Yerush mode. It bothers him, the Ktorko helps such a person. This week's parasha. If not, it'll bring him down.
Okay, it'll bring them down. That's why he says, if you want Ktoret, you won't skip. So if you want Simcha, you won't skip the Ktoret and Davini. You'll say it. <laughs> you won't start in Hodu. You'll start with the Ktoret. The Ktoret is the key for being the Simcha. And Simcha is the prerequisite for the Davini to be answered. For me to be able to Daven, the Kavana and everything, I need Simcha. So what do I get it from? The Ktoret. Okay, that's in the Davini. But in life also, in the, the, the Parsha. So this is the idea of the Ktoret. This is the Parsha. Okay, just in a nutshell, some insights of what, what happened, why the Ktoret was used. Now, finally, we'll go back to the Ktoret soon. Let's finish this paragraph. Okay? We're now the final line. Torah Kavdad, lesson 24. Sif Vav, paragraph 6, the last line. Okay? I went over this lesson so many times. I don't think it's because we did last week. We finally went into it. I know that something's not clear still, but we clarified it last week for those who were here. Right? Okay. So We went into this last week. That here, Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi connects Emuna to Kodesh, and Kodesh is Chochmah. We went into this a little. What's the difference between Kedusha and Tara? Kedusha is in Chesed, Tara is in, in Gvura. What does that mean? That when we say we, we normally we say Kedusha the Tara. The only time, or one of the few times we say first Tahara and Kedusha, you notice in the little prayer after the Sreta Omer, right? So there we reverse the order of Tahara before Kedusha. Normally, order is Kedusha with Tahara. Why? Kedusha is bounty and Shefa coming down. Boom. It's coming down. You don't have to initiate anything. That's Kedusha. Okay? So the intellect... In other words, when Hashem wants to initiate something inside of you, so you're given knowledge. You're given knowledge. You're taught knowledge. <laughs> you're a child in Cheder, it's Kedusha. You say, they say Tara Ta Kodesh. <laughs> Tara is before Kodesh. But really, it's, it's Kodesh. That's the idea. The Tara of Kodesh. What's Kodesh? Is that you're being given holy information. Afterwards, you'll develop it. Afterwards, you'll determine what's needed to do to fix yourself in order to receive. So Kedusha is the initial giving of Hashem. It's Chokhmah. That's why it's Chokhmah. And Tara is afterwards what you do to sanctify yourself. And then they give you, you, you purify yourself. And you're also gifted, you're given as a result, additional Bina, what's called Bina. You take what's, you take what's the raw initial uh, information, Chokhmah of knowledge of Torah that you're given. And then you, you're, you're now able to develop it. That now requires tahara. But Kedusha comes down, boom, comes down. Without any, you know, without any, uh, what's it called? Any strings attached, without any criteria needed, Kedusha comes down. Tahara, you have to work for that. You have to build environment to have the level, the second level of, of, of uh, Chokhmah. It's called Bina, and that's, that depends on Tahara. But in, in general, because even Tahara receives from Kedusha, to explain, Kodesh is Chokhmah in the Kabbalah, and Tara is Bina, even though Bina, because Bina receives also from Chokhmah, so they're all called Kodesh Kedoshim. That's why he says, Emunatcha, Bikhal Kedoshim, in the assembly of the Kodesh, which is Chokhmah, Bina, and Da'ad, it's a Kahal, it's a Kahal now, okay? Kol, we, in Masachit Pesachim, we learn out, Kol Kahal Adat Yisrael, under the Shalosh Mishmarot in the Erev Pesach, we learn out, one of the words is Kol Kahal, 
right? Adat Yisrael. They learn out from the three words. One of the three words is Kahal. So because though we learn out there's three groups who entered the Beit HaMikdash for the Shechita of the Korban Pesach, and the word has Kahal, so Kahal is a reference to three. So you have here Chochma, Bina, and Da'at. So that's what, that, and the Chidush Rabbeinu saying is Emuna, that even when Kedusha comes down, even when Hashem opens your head and sends you Chochma, you have to not forget the goal is Emuna. Even when there's intellect coming and I'm learning and I understand the Gemara, I understand Kabbalah, I understand Zohar, I understand Ruach HaKodesh, I understand, I understand. The goal of understanding is to not understand, to know that you're open to a new level where there's just a Muna. We're going to go into this Bezat in more detail now with this last, the next thing here. He says here now, Vezeh Bechinat, Rabbeinu is quoting an idea from the Kabbalah. Everything we're saying here now of drawing down emunah from a higher level, if this is what it says in the books of the Kabbalah, Malchut Ditzira Naase Mimena Chochmat Bina Da'at Dasiya. Okay? Which translates. Before I translate, I have to explain something. We have to say something clear, clearly here. You notice in this lesson, it sticks out from many other lessons in the Kutim Moran, and that Rabbeinu says an idea, and he says, and this is the meaning of what it says in the Kabbalistic works, this. Okay, he said, for example, the initial idea of Simchan doing the mitzvah, this is what it says in the Kitve Ari of elevating Malchut from the Klippot. And then he says, and then when the mitzvah has momentum, like by, like the molecules, and it's moving in this momentum against everyone to serve Hashem, that's the idea of Malchut going up to Netzach Yisab, it says in the Kabbalah. Now, so what is Rabbeinu doing when he says this? When Rabbeinu does this, so this format of presentation, so he's doing two things. Number one, this is what Hasidut is in general. Hasidut takes things which are so like unrelated to me from the Kabbalah and they show you how it is related to you. That's what Hasidut is. Hasidut takes all the deep secrets of the Kabbalah and so now how a Jew can do this on a practical level. You want to know how it is? Boom, boom, boom. This Eitzot. It's like the Eitzot. This is what it means in the Kabbalah. That's what he's doing. He's saying Simchan doing mitzvot is in other words what it says in the Kabbalah taking the Malchut that's trapped in the Klippot and bringing it up. They're taking the, the, the holiness, elevating Malchut from the Klippot. Wow. He took something which like, I'm, ha, how do I relate taking Malchut from the Klippot? Okay, it's a big statement. I can interpret it five million ways in my life. What if what I'm going through, I can try later. But here Rabbeinu says clearly, boom, Simchan doing mitzvah is what gets the Malchut out of the Klippot. So what did he just do now? What did, what did the Hasidu just do now? It gave you a practical handle to a deep concept in the Kabbalah, taking a malchut from the klipot. Okay, <laughs> it's a big statement. And he says, you want to know how it works? Do mitzvot besim when you're out of it and you're dead and you're and you're miserable and you still try your best to be happy with any little drop of good and you make yourself besim That's how you do this, okay? So that's one thing he's doing here. And the second thing, he's now showing you that this is what the Kabbalah really means. In other words, you think... This is what it says in the Kitve Ari. It's like saying this is coming to explain, but not really touching what it says in the Kitve Ari. Now it's switched. He's saying, you want to know what the Kitve Ari really meant? When the Kitve Ari really means taking the Malchut from the Klippa and bringing it, bringing it out of the Klippot, what it really meant, what the Arizal really meant, and what the Zohar really meant, is what the Hasidut is teaching, what Rabbi Nachman is saying now. This is what they meant. The bottom line is, when we, whether Rabbi, like Rabbi Shimon in heaven or the Arizal, when we made this statement, or the Rashash, wherever, all these big Kabbalists, when they made their statement, 
was to get to this, to teach people that this is what it means. Doing mitzvah besimcha, you know, that's what lifts the malchut out of the clipboard more than anything else. Ki besimcha tetzehu. With simcha, you get out. Get out of what? From the clipboard. You get out from what you're stuck in in life. Unbelievable. What they, they think, what? That, you know, that's also an explanation. Not, that's also a perush. Hasidut shows you that this is the perush. That's the beauty of Hasidut. It's proven in the, the way Rabbeinu connects it and what Hasidut does in general. But in the Kutimuran, it becomes that the, the nismach, the, the somech, how does it work? How does it, what is it in the Hebrew? The one that we were relying upon now becomes relied, it becomes dependent. In other words, we have an asmachta. I'm using the kitve ari as an asmachta. So now A is dependent on B. But he proves it so strong, now it's switched. That what the arizal meant was really this. <laughs> it's switched now. That the asmachta is now being nismach. It's dependent on this chidush of the chasidut. That's how far reaching. He said that himself, Rabbeinu Chaim Moran. People think it's such a maila, you know, that my teachings can reach up to even the Kitve Ari and the Zohar. It says it's just the opposite. They go way past that. He says, my, I, I receive my teachings, he said, from a place that no one has yet touched from. You hear that? That's crazy when you, when you say that. That's unbelievable. He's saying he's taking it from a high, high place, which, yes, goes beyond the Kabbalah, the Zohar. It goes beyond that. It's going from a higher root. He, they, he, that's the statement he said. I'm taking it from a higher place that no one is yet touched from. So it can't be somewhere lower. You know, I'm digging, digging lower. <laughs> the chidush is that someone already, why am I wasting time digging here if already my predecessors digged over here and they've discovered here? Why am I wasting time here? The chidush is from here up. That's the chidush, that someone dug above and discovered there where no one, no man has gone before. Like in Star Trek. I don't know if you remember Star Trek. Okay, no man has gone before. No one has, it's like, it's like a karka betula, it's called. Untouched uh, uh, land. Untouched the area, okay? So now, this is what Rabbeinu is doing in the lesson. He's making an idea, and then he shows you where it's hinted to in the Kitari, okay? So now we finally come to this stage, and it's the exact opposite of all the previous stages. To recap, all the previous stages was that we're going upwards, okay? To recap. When a Jew does mitzvot besimcha, which means ezu asher sameach bechelko, which means even if the mitzvah is not one hundred percent, I'm still happy of the little bit of good that I'm able to do. I'm happy with the nekuda tova. Okay, this lifts up malchut from the klipot. That's stage one. Malchut. Again, the map, the fan, the, the BRI map. Okay, here we go. Can you see clearly? You can see clearly, right? It's clear. You see on the bottom, malchut is all, all the way on the bottom here. All the way in the bottom here. So Malchut, before being here, it's stuck in the earth. That's why it extends downwards. It's like stuck. It's like a piece of Lego. It's stuck inside. You have to take it out. So Malchut, elevated from the clipboard, which is underneath it, is doing the mitzvah besimcha. What happens now when you do that? Now the mitzvah I have momentum. Can you see that? Mitzvah have momentum. They can't see that really. So now the mitzvah go up to the legs. The leg area is called netzach. Hod Yesod, Netzach and Hod are called the legs. Halichot Eli, Eli is a pasuk. Keli is Yesod. So Malki, he brought, Rabbi brought a pasuk there. Halichot Eli, Malki Bakodesh. When I elevate Malchut into the Kedusha, holiness, all of a sudden it goes up to enclose, to enclose the, the, the three. How it works the Sfirot, 
every sphere has what's called chitzoniut and primiut. There's the internal part of the sphere and the external. When going up or down, it depends what goes up, what goes down. So normally, the lower, the lower, I can hold it like this. See, the lower, the lower sphere is considered a garment to the upper sphere. The upper sphere are considered pnimi. Pnimi is considered more the real thing, the real deal. Like for example, you have your skin on the outside. Where's the real you? In the brain, in the heart. The real you is inside. So so too, and the sphere the pnimiut is inside, and external is considered like a garment. So when malchut, and now was lifted up. Okay, it's chitzoniut it's was lifted up, let's say, from the kripot. It's another job to bring the pinimiyut. But now, the next stage, where now the mitzvah, once done the simcha, now has momentum, meaning your mitzvah, your tiny mitzvah, Mr. Joshmo in, uh, in, in Tennessee, in Alabama, over there, he puts on his tefillin, he, he shakes his lulav, he gives tzedakah. Okay, that little mitzvah shakes the entire universe. Okay, it's able, especially because now that the mitzvot were freed from the klipot, because they were done with simcha, so now the mitzvah has momentum. What does it mean it has momentum? It has legs. What does it mean it has legs? It's able to get things in life, everything in life moving. We went into that. All the worlds, everything moves from my mitzvah. It's like shaking the bottom of a rope. Okay, you shake the bottom of the rope, the whole rope shakes. Your little mitzvah done at the bottom in this world, Shakes everything. You a Jew thinks nothing. That's one of the, the tests of this world is that only when a person has his feet facing the door, that's the expression. A person is nifter. Okay, a person leaves this world and then he begins to see the reality of what happened in this world. He begins to see what the mitzvah actually did. They show in heaven, did you know what your mitzvah did? And a person has such regret that he didn't do more because they show him. What is mitzvot actually did? What they accomplished, that's the momentum. So that, Rabbeinu called, malchut going up to the legs. That now, the, the, the malchut has feet. It gets things moving. Gets all the worlds moving, okay? One second. Just... I then... Okay. So that's that's what he says, Malchut going up, what the Kabbalah says, Malchut goes up the Netzach on you. So this is what it really means that they have momentum. And then the next thing he said is now when your mitzvah has momentum and it's shaking the world, so now that activates what's called the hands. The hands are called bracha. That's why Birkat Kohanim, he said the proof from Aaron, the, the halacha is that a coin can only duchin, can only go up and do the Birkat Kohanim if his hands, he has hands. If now Cohen has, has a blemish in his fingers, he's missing a hand, he's now blemished, he can't do Birkat Kohanim. Because why? The, the bracha of the Kohanim is dependent on the hands, it comes in the hands, okay? The hands. So now, the idea that of bracha coming down due to my mitzvah is what he said earlier, that Netzach goes up to the area of the hands. Here, this is the leg area. Chesed is like the arm area, the arms. Can you see that, right? You can see that? So now this went up to these three, and then these three, with this in mind, and clothes the outside of these, the chitzonyut went up to the, 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 the three, and so that become like a, a garment for these three, which is the hand area. And then he said, if you remember, but you have to be smart. When the bracha comes down, aim for sechel, aim for dot. As they say to you, like, like King Solomon, Hashem, Hashem told King Solomon, okay, you have a choice. You can ask him everything you want, or riches, or chokhmah. What did King Solomon say? 
המון חוכמה, because I know in חוכמה I have everything. אם אין, right, what was the pre what we said? דדאבי כול, so it's a gemar, נדאר, דדאבי כול אבי. אם אין דעת, how does it go? אם אין דעת, אין... No, דעת קנית, מה חסרת? דעת חסרת, מה קנית? If you have דעת, you have everything. And if you don't have דעת, you have nothing. You have nothing, okay? So the main bracha is that you, you enclose the bracha of the hands. Chesed word, if I just died in the hands. The torso is included in the hands because the, the hands branch out. The arms branch out from this area. You don't have the hands coming out of your head. The hands coming out of the chest area. The arms are coming out of extension from here. So it's considered this whole area is the area of the bracha. The hands is considered part of the torso. When that now, you're wise and you ask for chokhmah bin adat, so it's as if they go up the next level. Now, look what Rabbeinu says here. Rabbeinu says, this thing that now, if you even, if you now have succeeded in asking for chokhmah bin adat, that you want, you want a blessing of intellect, because that has everything inside of it, be careful to remember to put emunah inside of it. We said that. In other words, the goal of your sechel should be to enhance your emunah on Hashem, because Hashem is infinite. No matter how much you learn Torah, how many years, you'll never grasp Hashem. The whole idea of Torah is hora'ah, it's an instruction, hajachah, it's like a guide. A guide for what? What's the Torah guide for? Torah is a guide to connect to Hashem as much as possible. But Hashem is endless, so what am I wasting my time? You're not wasting your time. The more you understand the Torah, the more you see how much you don't know. You, when you reveal one tefach of the Torah, you now uncovered, so you covered up two more. In other words, you went one step forward and technically two steps back. What do you mean two steps back? You thought you understood everything. And they show you a new dimension and now I see I don't understand anything at all. Until now, I understood. I was like, okay, 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 God, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then you went up a little, whoa, what is this? New turf, a new area. I have no, I have no, no grounding in this area. That's the goal. And it's endless, endless, endless. And that's what Hashem, Hashem, what Hashem wants. Hashem wants to enhance your emuna. You can only enhance emuna if da'at is enhanced. Emuna without da'at, what Benu says in Nechama's wisdom, is dangerous. You can have emuna, kol It's very good to have emuna and to be a simple Jew. But if there's no da'at to the Torah, it's dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because you can begin to believe in also false ideologies. You can take a hashkaf of the Torah and distort it. Okay, you can make it into something that it isn't. Da'at alone is for sure garbage. Da'at alone, that was, uh, that was the pagam of Korach. Rav Nosen goes into this a lot. That Korach, it says, ve'it palag, ve'ikach Korach. Targum says, ve'it palag, he separated. What did he separate? So it's a whole lesson in the Kutimra, lesson 31. He separated the tzaddik from lamdan. What's the idea? That a Jew has to strive to be tzaddik ve'lamdan. To be a tzaddik and a lamdan. I'm learning Torah in order to become a tzaddik. That's it good. But someone who says the main thing is the lamdan, and by the way, the tzaddik, that's Rashi Tevot, let's. He's a let's. He's a clown. As opposed to tzaddik and lamdan, it's tzel. Betzel shadai yitlonan. Someone who's in the tzel, the shade of Hashem, that's tzaddik and lamdan. Korach wanted to separate. And he said, what did, what did he argue? His whole thing against Moshu, Moshe Rabbein was rational arguments. Kulam, Kedushim, we're all holy, not just you and Aaron. Rashi says, we all heard Anochi Hashem Elokech Har Sinai. We all received the Torah. What did Korach say? We all received the Torah. 
He was using rational arguments to attack Moshe Rabbeinu. But that's not the thing. This tzaddik v'lamdan. If you and you're trying to say we all know Torah, we all, when, when, when Korach is saying we all receive the Torah, so he's saying what we received, that's it. So no, that's not it. The goal of the lamdanut, which Moshe Rabbeinu also received, is the tzaddik to be a tzaddik, which means that there's there's working on your midot and that and working on your character, which requires what a lot of emuna to work on your midot. If you think it's just learning Torah that's going to work, then some people think, and they, they base themselves on Musa's farm. You want to break your midas, you got to learn very well, Derech Hashem, and Mesilas Yishorim, and this chapter, Chobos Halavavos, and you have to go behind into the, into the world of Hashkaf and that, that's how you break your midas. No way, Jose. No way. No way. The way to break midot, the bridge between potential to actual is emuna, is davening. If you don't daven for anything in life, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you think you got somewhere, you didn't. Yagata velo matzata. You know, matzata velo yagata. You think you got somewhere and you weren't your You didn't kill yourself. The way the main place that people kill themselves is emuna. You have some people that they're very intellectually advanced. So it's not a yagia for them to learn a sudi and the gemara. They love it. It's, it's a kef. It's everything. It's great. It's givaldic. Where's the killer by most people? Is emuna. That's why davening is such a killer for everybody. The biggest tamid chacham to the lowest person, davening is hard because davening, emuna based devotion is a killer. That's what that, but that's how you work on your mido. That's where the work is. The work is in emuna. The work is in emuna. It's not easy. It's not easy, emuna based devotions. It's a killer. You have to really work at it. But this is what makes you somebody in life, okay? This is what Koch didn't realize. This was the greatest. That's Tidkut. To be a tzaddik is now you utilize emuna-based devotions to de develop your midot. You learn Torah, bravo. I learned, I know it, I went over it, I went over a hundred times, but I know the goal is emuna. Okay? I'm just going to go off a little tiny. In Uman, we're talking about a hundred years ago, there was a breast liver who was a big, big prodigy, a big Lundan, a big Ilu. His name was of Matis HaKohen. Uh, they changed the name afterwards to Barzeski, but Bazjeski, Bazjeski. He came from Poland, and he discovered while in Poland, he discovered Rav Nossin's letters, and that clicked him on to Breslev. He went, he traveled before World War One. He traveled to Uman for Rosh Hashanah, and he was just amazed what he saw. He was on fire. The the love and the energy that he felt in the cloys. The cloys was the Breslev Shul in Uman by the Breslev Chassidim. So he went back, he got married, whatever. And then eventually he brought his family. He moved to, to Uman in such poverty and everything. And he was a big, super duper lamdan. The, the chief rabbi of Uman was a square chassid. A square, okay? And because Uman, you should know, was a very interesting village. Uman had in it many chassidim of many groups. There was Chabad, there was Slonim, there was square, okay? Carliners, you had, had all types of Hasidim. Uman was a multi Hasidic, it was a Hasidish shtetl, but more than it was like a big city, it was very old already, so it was very big. And then many Hasidim, Tulna, all the, all the Hasidic groups in the Ukraine, they had representatives in, in Uman, okay? The chief Rav was a square, and square was against Breslev. And the Rav got into a very difficult sugya, you know, and he got stuck on it. And he thought maybe if he just spends more time delving into it, to find an answer, and he couldn't. And he knew the one person we can talk to about it to solve it is a breast lover. But he was scared, embarrassed to go into the breast of Shtibul, the cloys, in order to meet this Rav Matis and speak to him. 
but it bothered him so much, the sugya, and he was Lashem Shemayim, this rab, so he didn't care. He walked in one day, said, whatever happens, happens. He walked in, and uh, he quickly spoke to Ramatis. Not quickly, he presented the problem, and so Ramatis answered him like in a, in a half of a half a minute. He solved all the kushir on it. There was nothing left. He was flipping out. I had this question for like days and days and days, and he answers it like in less than a minute, you know. But he knew that he was the one. He's the address, okay? And he told him, "Don't be impressed with this. Why are you impressed with the lamdanut? Be impressed." With Kedusha and Imuna, that's what that's what to be impressed. That's what they work on. And then when he got out, he got it. The 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 square Hasidim, the Misnagdan found out that he went into the employees that so he said to them, What do you want from me? That there's no Tamid amongst you to speak to. What do you want from me? That the only one who can who can reach reach, reach has a caliber level that I can speak to and can help me out is a breast of What do you want me to do? Yeah, you have someone else, so bring him to me. But there's no one else, so I have to go to the breast of people. They gave it to him. But the point is. What Ramatis told him, he said, "This is not the main thing." And then another another time, there was a a, a rav who was giving a, a gemara shir in uh, in in Kremenchuk. His name was Rabbi Yisrael Korsinski, and he eventually came to Eretz Yisrael and moved to Tel Aviv. And he said that in his life later on, he said that he once he had a big question on the Tosfot, and it was so complicated he couldn't figure it out. And he came to Oman, he spoke to Ramatis, and on the spot he figured he solved it out for him. And he was so shocked. He says, don't be impressed about this. The main thing is Emunah. And that's what Rebbein was saying here. Don't be turned on. Oh, he's a Gaon. He's a Gadolador. He's a Bosek. He's a big he's a big head. What do you have to be impressed about? Of the Emunah. The Emunah. That's what to be impressed about. Okay? So here, Rebbein was saying something powerful. He calls, he called earlier, Emunah Malchut. We saw that in the Pasuk that he bought, brought, or what Shaul Amalek said to David Amalek, he said a few lines up. Bechinat, Mishmol Aleph, chapter 24. I see, King Saul, King Shaul said to David Amalek, I see that it will now be established in your hands, the kingdom of Israel. And Rabbeinu uses this proof, the idea of Emunah. Malchut is his idea of Emunah. He says, Hainu, Shamshich Emunah, Emunah and Malchut, the connection is known. In the Kabbalah, the Malchut is called Emunah. Why? Because Emunah and Emunah is, 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 is connected to the letter Dalit. Why is Malchut? It's the tenth Sfirot. It's the tenth Sfirot. It's number 10 on the bottom of the list. Why is it called the letter Dalit? Because of the four bottom ones, it's called, it's called Netzach, Hod, Yesod, Malchut. It's number four. There's a group called four. Also, in Yudke Vavke, Yudke Vavke, you have in there Yudke Vavke, mm -hmm. All the ten spherot. Yud is Chokhmah, He is Bina, and then Vav is the six spherot up to Malchut, and the last He is Malchut. So Yud is like the Chokhmah, the letter Yud is Chokhmah. He, the first He is Bina, it's called Bina, He. Then Vav is the Vav spherot uh, from Chesed, Gvurat, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod. And then the last He, it's called Malchut. And Yud Kevavke is four letters. So the fourth letter, number four, is Malchut. So the Zohar says, why is Malchut called the letter Dalit? The famous teaching. Dalit is like in Aramaic, the late. The late la migarma. That Malchut has nothing of its own. The late. It, has, it does not have la. It does not migarma from itself. Nothing. 
It's like uh, just a receptacle. You fill whatever you fill in, that's what it has. So malchut is like that. Malchut is just a vessel. What's emuna? Is emuna something tangible? No, emuna is not tangible. Chachma, this, this person, he got tested on Masechet the Beitzah. She has in his head ideas. You have something solid. The guy has smicha. He has a paper. It's a smicha. He's a rav. So he has something solid. That knowledge is solid. Emuna is wobbly. <laughs> it's intangible. Because emuna is each person according to how he feels. It's a regish. It's an emotion. It's something which you, you believe in something that you can't grasp. That's emuna. So malchut and emuna are that same idea. They're just a vessel to receive other things inside of it. Emuna, the Zohar says, is the gateway for everything else in life. You want to advance? Emunah. So now what Rabbeinu is saying here is that the Emunah comes from a higher level. What does it say here? It says clearly the last line here in paragraph 6 V'zeh bechinat malchut ditzira to explain, there are four worlds, what are four dimensions. In everything in this world, there's four ways of looking at it. For example, you know, in an atlas, in geography, there's an atlas. So you have a map of America, you have the map of like population. So they show you, like the greener is like, or, or more red is where it's more populated, okay? So I have a map of population. I want to have a map where there's more green and trees and more rock. So you have a different type of map of, of the geography of America, where they make it now, the brown is like the stony mountain area, and the green is like where there's more green. You have another map where there's more heat and more cold. So it's another type of map of America, the exact same America, but it shows you that New York and upper America is like colder. And then the hotter is like going out to Miami, okay, Mexico, uh, to Texas, okay? But it's the same map, it's the same United States, but different perspectives. So too is what's called four dimensions. In other words, this world, but there's four ways of perceiving it. And each dimension feeds the one low underneath it. They're considered one under the next. Not like geography where they're totally separate. Here's the one on the population, here on the on the minerals, what's in the earth in America, one and on the hot and cold. Here in the, in the four dimensions called from down up or from up and down, atzilut. It's this creation, this world, and everything that has in it, all the stars and the constellations, but four dimensions, four perspectives. What, what, what determines the dimensions? How close they are to receiving from Hashem. So, for example, Last time said like, an onion. like an onion, onion ring, we said that? That's the spherots. Oh, oh. The spherots are like an onion ring. There's ways to look at the, the spherots. The spherots are, are like rings. Okay, but you're right. In that, there's also, you see, there's a creation. And in the creation itself, it's, there's still onions. It's, the onion is an onion, okay? There's rings about it, the, 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 the perspective where it is in relationship to the center bulb of the onion and the outside, but it's, the whole thing is an onion. So atzilut is what's called, it's close. It's called, it's called atzilut because it's etzel. It's next to Hashem. It's the level of perspective of this world closest to Hashem. It's like you don't see what we see. You see the angels moving around. You see whatever things on a crazy dimension to see things on the perspective of Atzilut. Okay? It's a step up. It's from this world, but it's way up. And then there's what's called Bria, which is the creation, that the, the creation of things in this world. 
So now from the perspective of how things, the root of everything where it was created from, that's a, that's a, that's the next dimension. It receives an absolute. Then there was Yetzirah, which is formation, or how things become formed to see the formation of things. So that's receiving, each one is receiving from the upper one. It's dependent on the upper one. And then finally, as the world, we know it, as we see it, the physical world, the cats, the dogs, Niagara Falls, the chocolate bars, the, the milk, the chocolate milk, the movies, the movie stars, Hollywood, the cars, the, the, the buses, the planes, everything you see, that's Olam Asiyah. And then the world that you see physical perspective. Sadiqim, they have x-ray eyes. They can see up to Atsilut and even way above. They have eyes to see what's actually happening. They see, for example, to know the root of a Gilgul of a person. They see a person and they can see all his Gilgulim. So that would be, for example, you know, Buriya or Atsilut, the, the beginning the, the, where, where things rooted. He sees things from the root of where they came from. It goes up. It's like everything is rooted, right? Yetzirah is one stage of the actual formation. Buriya is the creation of that. And Atsilut is when it just began. Boom. So with X-ray eyes, it's a deacon in this world can tap into all four worlds. Unbelievable. And we do mitzvot, the goal of the mitzvot that we do from the physical world, the world of Asiyah. All mitzvot evolve in the Asiyah. Right? You daven, you say Kriyat Shema, you put on tefillin, you keep Shabbat, you refrain from doing the lacha, you don't eat on Yom Kippur. Everything requires an action. Asiyah, because that's how you connect. And the mitzvot, the goal of the word, the word mitzvah means to the tzavet, which means to connect. When you do the mitzvah with enough simcha properly, it goes up all the way up, 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 up. That's what he's saying here. That's why he's using the idea of mitzvah as the platform for all these things. Okay? So, he says here, malchut ditzira. You have four worlds. Atzidut, yitzira, asiya. This whole lesson until now, spoke about just asiya. Because under asiya, what's under asiya? The klipot. There's nothing else. There's no other world. A world means potential for good. An ability to do good is a world. You need a world to do in it good. That's why it's called ma'asim tovim olam asiyah. Now, when a person does bad and gets trapped in the evil, that's the domain, the realm of the klipot, okay? So he started off the, the lesson. When you do mitzvot besimcha, you get the, the kedusha, the shechina, the mitzvah, that's the simcha that's trapped in the klipot, you lift it up. He called mitzvah many things. He said in mitzvah, yeah, remember when we did this? In mitzvah, you have hidden yudke vavke. Vavhe from mitzvah is the vavke of yudke vavke. And mem tzadik in atbash is actually yudke. It's hidden. A mitzvah is half hidden, half revealed. Because <laughs> the revealed, the, through the revealed part of the mitzvah, I can tap into what's hidden, the mem tzadik, matz. Okay? Which is yudke really. So the first stage was now getting the mitzvah out. That was upwards. That was from Asiya. That was from the klipot to Malchut in Asiya. And then now the, the mitzvah has momentum in the world of Asiya. That's Malchut going into the leg area, the netzach hod, sort of the leg area, the legs of Asiya. And then when now your mitzvah activates bracha, it's activating bracha in this world of Asiya. That's chesed, gvura, tiferet of the world of Asiya. And then now that you want to receive the bracha of Sechel, you're smart. You don't want just a Lamborghini in the big houses. I'm aiming higher than that. I'm aiming something which is higher, which will have that automatically within it, if, if necessary. Right? And it is what? Chokhmah, Sechel, and godliness. I want to connect to God. So that's making Chokhmah, that's, that's sorry, Chesed, what if I go up to Chokhmah bin Adan. Now he says, ah, but now for you to reach the next level, 
which means to go up to the next world, which is Yetzirah, you're going to need to do something different now. You're going to have to draw down something from a higher level down to you. And what is that? Emunah. That's Emunah. He says, the idea of Emunah is that Emunah is something which is always above you. Emunah is always above you. Crazy. When you're learning Torah with Emunah, we say, I've said this many times, the rest of us would say, it's in Sech Sabin Kodesh. The rest of us would say, there's two ways to learn Torah. There's many ways, but if you learn Torah just as an intellectual goal, I made my goal to understand the Rashi, to understand the Tosfot. It has to fit in here, and then I reached my goal. That's one way to learn Torah, as an example. The other way is, my goal now is I'm entering the world of Emunah. This page of Gemara has endless, endless Ruach HaKodesh in it, and I'm aware of this, I believe in this, and I'm learning the Gemara, yes, to understand, but always with in my subconscious that there's emuna behind these words. Amar Abaye, Amar, it's not just Amar Abaye, it's like the Lipashmat Sobyon, Amar Abaye, Amar. words, I, I believe in it. I'm not just saying the words, Amar Abaye, Amar I believe in the words, I have emuna, And I believe that this is connected to Ein Sof, that Abaye and what he's saying is connected to Ein Sof. Every line of the Gemara is Aaron. So when I'm learning with that, so the rest of us would say, what you gain from the Gaddaf Gemara is much more than a guy who made his goal an intellectual goal. You make just an, just an intellectual goal, for sure you have to understand. But the understanding is within Emunah always, and you're aware of it, and you're making it a point when you're learning. You're making a point that I don't forget. You, they, they told me once, I was in a basement, not a breast of a basement. And I was coming every day to learn my, my, I had a Gemara Seder. And I chose for a certain time to do in this base Midrash. And every day I would come. So I say the Yerat Son. You say the Yerat Son in the beginning of the Gemara. So some, some Bachorim Chassidus, Bachorim say, well, you say it every day? He said, yeah, what's the problem? He said, we say it once in a blue moon once. I said, but that's the whole key to understand the Gemara is that you're davening about it. Yerat Son, Shiloi Kashel. You know, and I was shocked. I thought I thought everybody, why, why did the arts put it inside the middle in the front of the Gemara? So you can say it. I thought everybody's saying it. I find out people are not saying it. What the world is going on? Why aren't you saying it? Once in a blue moon, but every day, every day be conscious that your son is the emuna part. Even if I say it dead, at least I'm saying it. I'm showing there's some emuna there. Okay? So this idea, your emuna is coming at a, from a level higher than you. That's the thing. You can't say, oh, yeah, I have emuna. Someone who says he has emuna, it's scary. So you have to say, I want to have emuna. Because the moon is at a higher level than me. It's not internal. I, I have to take it from a higher level and internalize it. Okay? So look what he says here. This idea of drawing a from a higher world, from a higher level down to you, this is the idea of malchut yitzira. What in the world just happened here? Malchut of yitzira. We didn't explain this. I'll explain this quickly. Maybe we explain it once. We said there's four worlds, right? Four worlds. Each world has a whole set of ten spheroids. So you have Keto Chokma Bina of Asiya, Kechokma Binadat, etc. of Yetzira, of Birya of Atzilut. Okay? Our goal is to reach all four sets of ten, to bypass them, to reach Atzilut, to reach the Orient Sof in life. Okay? But it's levels, it's stages. This whole lesson was just to get what's called Malchut of the world above. What's, what's the world above? Yetzira. Asiya is down here. The set of 10 over here is called the Asiya. The new set, set of 10 is in Yetzirah. 
Malchut of Yetzirah is not coming from Klipot, as opposed to Malchut in front of Asiyah was coming from Klipot into the holiness. That was the initial stage. That's where a Jew starts off every day. A Jew starts off every day in the earth. They say in Yiddish, in the earth. I'm in the earth. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm the earth. I'm stuck in the earth. That's where your starting point is, okay? The next level is I want to now reach a higher level to go to the world of Buriah. That's already now a different ballgame. Malchut of Yetzirah is coming is, 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 is the bottom point, which is above the world below it. What does that mean? Malchut is emunah. Malchut means emunah. When I say malchut of Yitzirah, I'm drawing it down. It's, what does he say here? He says, look at what he says in the lesson. He says, malchut Yitzirah, na'aseh mimena, it is made from it, what's called chokhmah bina da'at, da'asiyah. Asiyah is the, the world below it. Asiyah is the lowest world. But the spitz of Asiyah is Chochmah bin Adad. What We didn't mention Keter, because this is what's the light of the Keter. The light of the Keter of Asiyah, we didn't go into this at all, that's why I don't want to go into it that much yet. I'm just going to what Rabbeinu is giving us right now. The light of Keter is made when you join Malchut from Yetzirah or Chochmah bin Adad of Asiyah. What does that mean? When you reach now, if you're doing Mitzvah B'Simcha, you reach now the maximum, which is the intellect, your goal is emuna. Where is that emuna coming from? From a dimension above you that's coming from Yetzirah. I'm drawing emuna down. I have the capability of doing this because I've reached Chokhmah bin Adat. I'm not ready for the next level. Chokhmah bin Adat is not Chabad. That's the head. There's nothing above the head. There's a Keter, fine. But there's a next, the, the next level is reaching Malchut of the next dimension, the next world above me. Okay? To do that, I have to connect. How do I connect? By drawing a muna. What does it mean drawing a muna? I believe, and my muna is way above my level. I'm holding here, and I recognize, and I admit, and I believe, and I strengthen that my muna is way above here. Meaning what? I made my goal in life a muna. And all I did put a muna in my pocket. Yeah, let's go on. Let's not let's learn Bartonur and everything. A muna I got in my bar so I put it in my pocket. Now let's go on. That's not emuna. Emuna is if this emuna that he's talking about. That's going to get you up in life. Is an emuna coming from a higher level? I, meaning what? I've made emuna my goal. By doing that, you are drawing malchut of yitzirah and asemimena. What does it mean asemimena? Until now, the, ex, the lower level is external. It encloses the upper level. But here, emuna is the upper level. It's coming down. It's going to enclose. doesn't make sense. Chokhmah bin Adat of Asiyah is lower. If anything, Chokhmah bin Adat is a garment that's external, and what's going to be inside is more greater, which is the case. So he, said, he doesn't say Malbish. He says it comes down. It's made out of the Emunah from the higher world. Chokhmah bin Adat of Asiyah. It's going inside here. Okay, it's going inside. And this way, I join it. Okay, so why does this happen? So the Arizal, we need, we need a bit of Kabbalah here. Very good, and we'll finish with this. We went on. Oops. Nice. The Arizal says that in reality, the, the, the four worlds, I said there's Yud, K, Vav, K. Okay? Yud, we said, is Chokhmah. K is Bina. Vav is the six Sfirot. Chesed, Gevua, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod. And the last K is Malchut. Also, the Arizal teaches from the Kabbalah, that Yud Kevavke also corresponds to these four worlds. So the first Yud is also it corresponds also to Atzilut, 
The first K corresponds to Bria, the Vav corresponds to Yetzira, and the final He is Asiya. Okay? So even though the first Yud is Chokhmah, but it also corresponds to Atzilut, so it's as if all the ten Sfirot of Atzilut are connected to Chokhmah. So it's like Chokhmah of Chokhmah, which is Atzilut, Bina of Chokhmah, which is Atzilut, okay? So then also works like that for the for the second world. That's Atzilut, Biria, Biria, which is the, the world, the, the second world, is corresponding to Bina. So another term for Bina is the world of Bria. And in that you have also ten Sfirot, which are all associated, it's like Yesod of, of Bina, which is Bria, the world of Bria, okay? The sixth one is tricky, because it's six Sfirot, but they're, they're, they're a pack, it's a package deal. It's called Chagat Him, the six Sfirot. So it's like saying Chesed of Netzah, of, of Chesed, which is the world of Yetzirah, okay? So now, the last world is called Asiya, and it's all in the domain of Malchut, because it's Yudke, Vavke, Malchut, but it's also Asiya. So the 10 Sfirot of Asiya are considered in the domain of Malchut, of Asiya, which is Malchut. So it's like the Chokhmah of Asiya, which is of Malchut, the Bina of Asiya, which is also Malchut, okay? So now because, because Darizal says, the last Sfira of the world of Yetzirah is called Malchut, okay? The world of Yetzirah, above, right? The, the, the third world, the third world is Yetzira. The last sphere is Malchut, and Malchut anyways is the terminology, is the naming of the last world, the fourth, the fourth one, it's called Asiya Malchut. So this Malchut has a tendency to drop down into the world below it. Like it does it a favor. In other words, it has a connection since the elevation of the lower world underneath, this is now the world of Yetzira, like we said, and underneath you have another set of 10, right? Since this Malchut is connected to the Keter, let's say the Keter of the world of Asiya, okay, and th this is here, okay? Since it's so associated to that world because of its name, it's called Malchut, even it's called Malchut of Yetzirah, fine. It's the Malchut of Netzah, of Chesed, Netzah, of fine, fine. But it's still called Malchut, and its job is to lift up, to be connected to the lower world. So this Malchut doesn't like staying here. The Arizal says it wants to go down to the next dimension below, the world of Asya, to help it out. That's how Emuna has availability to a person. The Emuna is above me, but it's accessible. It's intangible, yes, but I can access it in my life. I can connect. It's not like something which is far. It's, it's in other words, it's like jellyfish. It's not something tangible. It's intangible, but it's reachable. Okay? It is reachable. So because it's reachable, the tendency of this Malchut is to go down to this world, which means you have now what? 10 sirot plus one, 11. So he says the Arizal, these 11 sirot, the malchut of the world of Yetzirah, I know a lot of details, but I'm trying my best to explain it again and again and again and again. The malchut of Yetzirah plus the 10 sirot of Asiya make 11. This corresponds to the 11 fragrances of the Ketorit, which is why the Arizal says, this specific 10, the 11 combinations of these 11 fragrances, in this combination, the way the Torah gives the matkonet in Parshat Kitisa, gives the matkonet, the formulation of how the Torah, right? When we say everything in that, that formation is so powerful 
that it actually activates the 11 Svirot. Crazy. Today, we don't have Beit HaMikdash. So the Chachamim instituted, you saying it every day, you reciting the Torah, activates the 11 Svirot also. Crazy. By just mentioning the Brayta and the Psukim, you activate the energy of these 11 Svirot. What are these 11 Svirot meant to do? The goal of the 11 is to pull out the Kedusha trapped in the Kripot, bring it up to the next level, the next world. Bring it up to the, to the world of Yetzira and then eventually the world of Bria and the world of Atzilu. This is how it starts though. It starts with the Ketoret. That's why the beginning of the day starts with Ketoret. The beginning of Davening, you wake up in the morning. One of the first things you do, fine, you do a few things. If you're lucky, you get a chatzot, you do modani, netila chedai, you go to the bathroom, asher yatsar, buketa Torah, tikkun chatzot, if you have that chance. In the winter, the nights where it's long, you can do it, you can learn, okay, fine. But the day, which is the beginning of the elevation, the, the elevation of the day starts at, sun, at sunrise. Night, especially after midnight, is a preparation for the yichu, the, the unification in the Kabbalah, that's what it's called, it takes place at day. That's why this idea of davening and nets, you get it exactly at that point. The, the spitz, the fine beginning is to start exactly, start your day right at time. At, 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 the, at, at the time of the nets when the sun comes out, that's the best time to have things moving. That's why the Shemone is not at that time. Fine, preparation for that. Ketoret, we start with the Ketoret. You have, uh, you have all these psukim, but then where you hit big time is the Korban Tamid, which works together with the Ketoret, and then boom. So these 11 correspond to these 11, correspond to these 11. So we have 11 of the fragrances, 11 spherot, which 11 spherot, these lower spherot. And what the Torah does, it goes all the way into the Klippot and brings them the Ketusha trapped. And Rabbeinu says, Simcha doing a mitzvah, any mitzvah has the same power of the Torah. However, it receives from the Torah, which is why saying Torah, he says, Rav Nassim, is a simcha for being a simcha. So these work together. This is where Rabbeinu is saying it. So again, just we'll finish with this. So everything we spoke about, and it's done with Emunah, by the way. Emunah is number 11. It's the bridge. It's the bridge. Emunah corresponds to what, by the way? Chalbena. Because, you see, what, there's 10 Sfirot. We're using a number 11 to pull out. With Malchut of Yetzirah, what would it correspond to? Something which I don't see the good in it, but I have to believe it has good in it. What is the one fragrance in the Ketoret that stinks, but you believe that it makes a good fragrance when it's combined with the other ten? The Chalbena. Chalbena stinks. Chalbena, Galbena, it stinks, okay? But when it's combined with the other ten, ah. So that's Emuna. Emuna is where I don't see anything, but with Emuna, I believe it exists. It's there. That's the idea of the Emunah. I see, I see I'm getting nowhere in my life. I see I'm not advancing and getting, getting everything, getting all the altishments, Shantuzi and all that, whatever. But I believe that my mitzvot still make a difference. I believe that Hashem values my good. I see nothing, but I believe that's Emunah. Okay? That's the idea of the Chaldena. So it's, it's the connector. In the Kedusha, it's coming from a higher world, which means on the lower world, I don't see anything. But it's available to give you that boost to get up. Okay? So now, Malchut Yitzirah, which makes number 11 of the Ketoret, if we look at the perspective of the Ketoret, Malchut Yitzirah, Nasa Mimena Chochma Bina So now this Malchut Yitzirah, it now becomes internalized to the Chochma Bina which means 
that now when I'm pursuing Chochmah of the Torah, Chochmah of Hashem, the Bina of the Torah, the Bina of Hashem, the Bina of the Mitzvot, the Da'at, it's always an emuna in mind. Next class, we'll go into the prayer on this piece. In my opinion, it's one of the most powerful parts of the tefillah, is the prayer of Muslim on this section of emuna in God. So we finished. That was hard, that was heavy. I think that was enough. And Bezat Hashem, the main thing is Lekayim Zayin, to fill it, which means to have a Muna foremost. When you see how Rav express it in the Tefillah, you flip up. I hope you flip up, like I did. When you see how Rav talks about a Muna, when you see in this little paragraph on the Tefillah, it's it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's the biggest uh, Musa Shmuz, how he talks about it. Okay, Shkoyach, thank you for coming. You can turn off the, thank you. Thank you very much.